शिला गुरुदेव की जय श्रीमन महाप्रभु की जय श्री हरिनाम संकीर्तन की जय श्री श्री दाऊजी गोपाल जी की जय गौर भक्त वृंद की जय गौर प्रमानंद प्रणाम गुड इवनिंग टूडे वी आर having sagosti or questions and answers <clears throat> one of the many ways in which we are trying to engage in satsanga in shraman kirtan by presenting whatever topics you may like to hear about whatever inquiries you may like to to share and by trying to in, in a mutual exercise as our guru maharaj teaches Um, I may be the one here speaking with the mic on my neck, but actually, fifty <laughs> percent, to say the least, of the equation has to do with the sincerity of the questioners and the hearers, and much more probably even. No? So, I'm strongly depending upon you <laughs> on this occasion. So, whatever you may like to to share, so we can try to elaborate in service of of Hari Gata. That will be our. Greatest fortune. So, I don't know. If there are any questions or some topic you you would like to to share to hear about? That would be a practical question. Whichever pra- question is the more practical, will first. I just wonder sometimes in the performance of, of one's devotional service, unless it's something that your guru gave you as an instruction and it's like coming from above and you're just not concerned, <coughs> many times you just never know if you're insisting because life is testing your determination. You're like, yeah, I have to persevere and finally succeed. And then half, the other half of the, of the cases you hear, well, life is trying to tell you not to do this and you should be going some other direction. How do I someone to know? Well, will you say someone asks you that same question? I, that's what I do. I ask myself the question. I don't know. I don't know what to say. <laughs> so, so yeah, that's a good, important point. I'll repeat the question in case it has not been heard here. So, Shamsundar Prabhu is asking, basically, how to discern whether we have to basically keep insisting or learn where to stop. Insisting in a particular direction and, and accept that the, the real choice is in a new, exploring a new highway, if you will, in life. No, when when that choice, one one choice is correct, one that same choice is is not correct. Basically, one one choice is like just being stubborn or whimsical, or or the other choice is just or the same or, or leaving the, the insisting maybe. Open-minded and willing to learn, or, or evading responsibility or commitment in, in a particular direction. And of course, as you may imagine, it's it's a tricky one because in some cases you will need to insist, and in some cases you will need to stop insisting in that direction. But always to insist in some direction or another. Of course, there is no like universal formula that at every In, in, in any given situation, all of us have to insist till 75% and at that point change the route because it won't be healthy. Because for some people, 
there are some people who don't like to insist at all. So for some of them, it may be good to to insist a little bit more of, the, of what they are accustomed to do. Some people just try once. If it's not working, okay, let's see, somewhere else. So maybe for those people, it may be good to develop some level of, I wouldn't call that stubbornness, but <laughs> higher commitment in, in any given direction. And again, in some particular cases, there's people, when I say people, I mean devotees, who, who may be quite like, how do you say in English, like opinionated, like attached to a certain way of seeing reality and doing things and even like filtering Krishna's will in one's life. He want, I know he wants that. And, and, and yeah, we, we should be very careful of how much, as, as Guru Mahesh was saying today in another context, but we are speaking about God and God's psychology and will, so we should be very careful not to speak too loudly about I know what he wants, I know how he is, because whenever you speak a little bit loudly about that, <laughs> some tests will come and we may be like, oh my God, what to do now? So so I would say to begin with that it's uh, a, a beginning answer to that question will be like that it's good to to not know at certain moments what to do. I mean, I, I do not think that that overwhelming it's and it's necessarily something that we have to avoid that is not healthy of course on some level if it's too much of a vimohan lila we may need just to <laughs> keep find some other solution but i think it's it's part of the of the learning process if you will of the learning curve to 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 learn to coexist with, with mystery and with the fact that we know, do not know certain things and that sometimes we may really do not know what to do. I, mean, it, I think it's, it's good to learn to accept those moments. Of course, again, like to be uncertain for a too long period of time that may start to create some uh, level of anxiety that needs to be avoided, but on certain level... Uh, as Guru Maharaj will say, doubt can be nourishing our faith also, no? So, okay. Uh, oh, that's me. <laughs> that's weird. So, so, doubt can nourish our faith if properly allowed. So, I would say that these moments where we sometimes do not know, should I insist? Should I do not insist? Uh, they are a good moment for us also to, 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 to know ourselves more and to deepen in our introspection and to and to contemplate deeply and to open ourselves to grace and to pay more attention to if if ne if any reply is not if no no reply is coming from ourselves because sometimes we may try to figure out okay should I insist should I stop insisting is this stubbornness is it I mean, the very fact that you are questioning all those things in a sincere way I mean in one sense that, that that's the success of the test basically no <laughs> not so much to get to know. If I should stop insisting and continue, but Krishna will witness, oh, he's sincerely trying to to be sincere about whether keeping insisting or taking a new his he or she's willing to do any of those things, right? which which basically is the the approval of the test, not to have to, to have the disposition of whatever is is favorable in this particular situation. I will do it, whether it's keep insisting here. Or taking another route, and of course, we, if we pay attention to 
I don't know, to the life of the Acharyas or to different sections in Shastra, we will find both cases. It's not that every single sadhu is stubborn and insisting to death until <laughs> Krishna, okay, here you are. <laughs> or the opposite way around. But again, I will say that uh, the determination will be mostly in the sense of uh, not so much like I will continue insisting here or I will stop insisting there, but my determination and my insistence is in the direction of what's having the intention and the disposition was the most favorable thing in this situation for my bhakti. And, 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 and questioning, and maybe you are in the midst of an overwhelming thing and not having an idea, because, I mean, it's not only about, it's not Shama Sundar, the only person who is asking that question, hopefully. <laughs> hopefully all of us, some, on some point in our practice, we may realize, I need to make that question, because in, it's a good way of not of not indulging in, in yamagrahals, of just doing stuff out of mechanicity, like, I have to do this, okay, I'm supposed to do that, I'm so in the beginning, mostly we, we are attached to that, give me the magical rules, or what to do, what not to do, till when to do, how to insist, how not to insist, and you think, okay, I figured out how to act in any given situation in life, but when life starts to unfold, you realize, oh, <laughs> life is something more than what I thought, life is alive, and it, it comes with its own challenges and sometimes it's, it's as Gurmash was speaking yesterday taking me to think outside of the box and outside of the box there is a whole realm of, of possibilities and especially I will say a whole realm of paradox that we need to learn to embrace in our particular tradition we are also Gurmash will say you have the religiously oriented people and the ego facing ones if you will the ones who basically want the mystical experience of it all, not just like some, um, how to say, like yeah, some membership card of the particular lineage, and I belong to this, and I'm going, and doing my weekly contribution, and that's all. But I want to, to embrace, again, the mystery, to embrace the paradox, to embrace the unknown, basically. There's so much outside there that is unknown to us, and, and generally that's not very... Like exciting for many people, they do not want just to to look in that direction. It, it creates some sort of of yeah. We are we are stepping out of the comfort zone, and, and all of this that you are asking it basically has to do with that. So sometimes, and I, and I value your question, but also I will say that sometimes we may we may ask that question: where to know, where to stop insisting, or where not to stop insisting. I'm not saying it's your case, but sometimes. We may even want the, the answer to that paradox as to re return to a comfort zone. Like, oof, now again I know what to do. I know where to stop, I know where to insist. Oof. And of course we may need, we need a reply to that in any given situation, but we should be careful not to be attached. Okay, I found the, the answer to this query. Tomorrow there is a new one. <laughs> and you will be again thrown into some realm of paradox with the unknown is again knocking on your door, and one should be willing to to embrace a new layer of that. And of course, again, that's not that's not easy. That's not impossible either. But it has to do with yeah, developing a certain like way of thinking and way of addressing life, which is again not black and white. It's not always this, always that. But what you are really 
willing to. Because again, w w w you should be insisting till this point today, but tomorrow that insistence may be totally unhealthy and toxic. So that's that's my point. That is very tricky because I can give you in any particular situation, and I think all of us have tried that. Okay, you feel I need to insist more in this situation, a little bit more, a little bit more. And you do it, and okay, it worked. And so you, then you think the day after tomorrow, ah, I will think, insist a little bit more since it worked yesterday. But the day after tomorrow, something is going on, it's not working. And you, you may think, oh, maybe I have to ins insist even more. And maybe you insist even more and it works, or maybe you insist even more and it's worst. <laughs> it's totally sometimes unexpected. Again, it's not following a, a predictable line because love is unpredictable, moving like a snake. So it's like zigzag movement. It's, you cannot anticipate, oh, it will go here, then it will turn there, they will go up and there. So, so I will say that it's, there's, there's not specific fixed answer to, to that that may be applicable in a universal sense, but actually all those things will be resolved, I will say, by try, insist, you, you, and, and that's part of the learning process for sure. No? I'll try in this direction, it didn't work. I have to try, and, and of course we would like to save time sometimes and take the right decisions at every moment, so we don't have to be mistaken, but <laughs> the whole learning process is over then. <laughs> now sometimes we think, do not, not committing mistake is saving time. We think in those like utilitarian terms, but actually, in terms of learning, I mean, it's not about saving time, basically. It's about getting the lesson as long as it takes. You know, the many lifetimes that may be required, welcome. You know, so, <laughs> But I think the fact that you are making the question, basically, the answer will be revealed in, in time, because you are open to to accept that at some moments, certain insistence, if you will, in certain direction is not helping. In many cases, one is not even thinking of that. One just is thinking, you have to insist in this direction, period. Till go lock, do not stop. And you may end up in patala lock, another lock. <laughs> so the very fact that you start to realize, oh, not the insistence in one particular direction is not always as, the, as healthy as I thought it was, or as it worked for some time, wow, it, already the answer starts to, <laughs> to appear there. No? There may be another option. And when you say, well, but which of the two options may be in the next given situation? Sometimes there is not only two options, <laughs> there are 108 or something. Um, and sometimes Krishna, of course, more than often throws us in those, again, paradoxes. And it's part of our learning process, part of his affection. It's not that he's leaving us in the midst of overwhelming and why he's not making it clear for me. Because sometimes people think like this. If God exists or if God loves me, why he's not showing everything totally clear to me? No? Because we, we will be spoiled if he works with us in that way. No? He, was, he wants us to to mature, to, to be strong people, intelligent people. So we need to be put to test. <laughs> and we should always have at least this faith that whatever 
situation I'm in, as overwhelming as it may be, I'm not alone in this whole situation, in, in this whole paradox, if you will. So, again, paradox doesn't mean that something is impossible to solve, but just is beyond my grasp, and I need some special grace to, to pass the test. So, so maybe we, we sometimes, at least for my case, <laughs> one is too hard-heartened. So sometimes one, need, one just basically needs to be put in a situation when one reaches that point when, when you really feel, I need help. I, 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 don't, I don't have the clue about what to do here. And, and it's good to feel that. I mean, we see great souls in, in those situations in many parts of Shastra that they really have no clue how to proceed. And it's not that they are, they are less Mahatmas because of feeling that, but Krishna himself is putting them into some conundrum, into some like, so now what? But that is inspiring a deeper level of surrender, a deeper level of willingness to hear, if you will. <laughs> so... So I will say that, no, instead of, of, of maybe feeling like, and I'm not saying you're feeling that, but the pressure of how to solve this, what, what how to know what to do, like, I hope they understand it, yeah, like, giving yourself the chance to enjoy that overwhelming. <laughs> like, allow yourself to to enter into those that arena and, 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 and get accustomed to that, and not just like, how do I get out of here as soon as possible? Because you may need to stay there for a while and learn some lessons, and and eventually, yeah, you realize that instead of I ah, should I go here or should I go there, maybe I stay in some place there. You realize I will actually the reply was to remain here. <laughs> I did not. I don't need to go here or there. Maybe no. Sometimes that can happen. Should I insist here? Should I stop insisting here and try here? So I leave the present situation I am in, and maybe Krishna's replies, you remain in the present situation you are in. But learn how to remain there in a, of course, in a healthy way. <laughs> Again, I'm giving just general ideas. No? Each given situation is so specific, it's, each soul is so individual, so... <laughs> I trust that in in your own sincerity that whatever I'm saying you are trying to to see how that shoe fits in your particular foot. <laughs> so I don't know if I help to clarify or I overwhelmed you now or no no it's it's fully clear be more than now. kind of like um, corroborated the fact that as a matter of fact in a devotional context we're even more facilitating because like you said you were saying something about Alive, being alive, I forgot how you word it, but we're conscious that we live life as a dialogue. So we have on the basic level Guru Sadhana Shastra, and then the Guru can speak to us. There's We're conscious of the consciousness everywhere, and we can see the teaching. To be honest, my, the example I was thinking of was a material one of, they say that Edison, when he came up with the, with the light bulb, he failed 101 times before, and he said, I don't see it as failures, I just saw it as 101 time, 101 ways to not make a light bulb. Mm -hmm. What if he had found out at that 1,001st attempt? I mean, eventually, you start thinking, maybe I'm just, you know, supposed to do this at all. How, when is that going to happen? 
but anyway, whatever. So that's, he's a scientist, so we're going to Yeah, I would say that if, as, as a devotee, we are, as much as we can be aware of, we are trying to sincerely uh, do things right. If, if we are in the, in the wrong direction, also we have to have this Rakshishat Vishwasu, this confidence that Krishna will protect me. And Krishna will protect me doesn't mean just like, I won't have such and such accident, because you may have it as part of his protection also, <laughs> but that he will make the arrangement to make overtly clear to you which will be the the best way to proceed at any given time. But maybe part of that is he lets you insist. Because also you need to have your own experience. Sometimes we need to insist in certain direction to to realize ourselves. Because in the beginning, again, we, we have certain trust in ourselves. I'm not saying it's wrong, entirely wrong, but sometimes too much overconfident we may be. So Krishna may leave us to, okay, you keep insisting that direction to you get your own, you burn yourself with your finger, you put yourself the finger into the, and you get your lesson and then you will be more willing to hear a particular situation. And this Shastra is full of those stories with certain people. It's, needs to insist in some direction which is not technically the highest but in that particular given situation they need to go through that experience and eventually you know. so I would say as a devotee it's, it's good of course to not be overconfident of course that I'm I'm totally sure I'm doing things perfectly you know but having always that door open probably I may be doing this in a better way, of course, not to the point of neurosis, because if not, you will be so doubtful, you won't be doing anything, <laughs> because there is always a possibility of doing things better, so you remain paralyzed, so overdose of doubt, so one has to proceed, and and I would say that's an important limb of Sharanagati, to trust Krishna will protect me, which means, I mean, if I'm sincerely trying to surrender, and I'm really going in the wrong direction, I mean, if you are sincerely trying to surrender, you cannot be going really in the wrong direction, but in some level, you are doing something that could be better done, trust, trusting that Krishna will somehow make the arrangement to show you the, the way in, in the direction. And, and I think all of us have had experiences that that has happened even beyond our wildest expectations. And many of those advices or, or, or protection that Krishna sends, interestingly, sometimes kind of situation that we do not perceive as such. And we feel, why this happened? Or why Krishna allowed this? And eventually after some time looking back, you realize, oh, he was saving me. <laughs> and we're just walking into the, how do you call? Whatever. Yeah, the, the cliff, yeah. I was walking to the cliff thinking I was entering paradise and Krishna protect me, but I thought he was just tightening me and eventually in time. So again, we at some moments we may not be full full enlightened to to to, to decipher hmm, Krishna's will, but at least we should have that that on some level that serenity that I, I trust that he's protecting me. No, not only he will, but he is protecting me, and, and, and that will take so many forms. So, my concern is, as Sila Samaras will say, your business is Sharanagati, your business is surrender, your business, do your business, which is trust. Krishna is doing his business, and your business is trusting Krishna is doing his business. 
basically. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not doubting that he's neglecting his business. No. So when you do that, you are not doing your business either. So you have to do your business, which is having full confidence that Bhagavan is not failing in his business. <laughs> and the implication of that is, I know he will protect me, no, no matter. Not like a lazy thing, because, I mean, to, to remain in that level of trust, you cannot be lazy. I mean, really, it, it requires <laughs> a daily, yeah, daily in our life. So. Anyhow, some thoughts. Thanks for the question. There were like two questions there. I think Hari Priya or who? Shamnan. I'm sorry. Who is speaking there? Can you give the Kali Yuga Pavana? Kali Yuga. Yeah, can you give me again translation because I was out uh, because the signal, the signal I have lost oh. the signal. So can you give me again the translation? Okay, give me one second. So, Thank you. Uh, uh, I don't see the globe now anymore. Um, One second. It's in English, eh? Okay. So now we're... Ah, okay. okay. Uh, uh, okay. There it is. No. So I put English myself. Okay, there it is, Kali Yuga Pavan, I think so. Oh, sorry. Yes, I saw like, like yes. four messages from half an hour ago. <laughs> what to do? Okay, so you were raising your hands before Haripriya was? Or Samananda. The two will have time, no problem. Uh, I have a question about the non inherency of bhakti. Oh my god. How does it, um, how does it, um, I have to think about it, how does it change our understanding uh, of um, what is human being? If we believe that bhakti is inherent, or if we believe that bhakti is not inherent in Jiva? Well, <clears throat> I will repeat here for a minute. Here, um, Haripriya is asking, how does, our, how does it change our understanding of what is a human being? The fact that we believe that bhakti is inherent or that it is not. Well, it may not change too much, but the point is we are not here only concerned about understanding human beings, but our interest goes way beyond that. Of course, if you want to speak about the ultimate potential of humanity in the context of bhakti, that's another thing. <laughs> but, and again, and also some point that is it's not basically believing or not believing, but trying to to understand what Shastra is saying, that's mostly our our stance. In our tradition, there are certain truths that are not uh, um, yeah approachable or understandable by our own human 
efforts or capacities. Sachintakalo jibhavana tamsarkina jojayat prakriti vyam paramjatcha tadachintyasya lakshanam. Rupa Goswami quotes this verse, and there are many similar to that, which means basically that something that is a chintya is not uh, approachable by our mundane, mundane meaning human capacities or logic, tarka. So, of course, if we are speaking about bhakti, in one sense we are speaking about a chintya in the sense of it's a reality that is beyond ourselves. Bhakti is a substance which we are not made of. So, try to imagine, how you are made of something as a, as a jiva, as an atma, your constitution is something, and on the other side we want to understand something that we are not made of. Not because we are higher than that, but the opposite. <laughs> That's higher than us, constitutionally. Sila Maharaj will say, if you want to, to enter Golok Vrindavan, you are trying to enter a place where every atom is constitutionally made of something higher than yourself. Even a speck of dust is intrinsically made of something higher substance than what you are made of. So, so try to imagine entering into a place with... Basically, you are to serve everything. That's the idea. You are nobody's... You are, you are not to expect anybody to serve you, but you are expected to serve everybody. But of course, everyone is thinking in the same terms. So everyone is serving everyone. <laughs> Just if you get too scared about getting closer to them. <laughs> but basically, that, that's the idea. <clears throat> Bhakti is the essence of the Swarup Shakti. And the Swarup Shakti is one of the three energies of Bhagavan, main energies. And we are other one of the three energies. So there are different categories of tattva, different departments of reality. For example, when Sri Vyasadev <clears throat> enters Samadhi by the instruction of, of, of his guru, Sri Narad, to edit his Srimad Bhagavatam, interesting methodology, editing methodology, entering Samadhi, editor-in-chief Samadhi department. <laughs> And he had a very, very important, very crucial part of the Bhagavatam, that that's the vision that Vyasadeva is saying. Srila Jiva Goswami basically develops his whole Sandarva's treatises on, on the basis of that, of the trance of Vyasa and, and, and his psychology, and, and how, how did he felt after that trance and why he wrote what he wrote. And then, then he wrote, he saw Bhagavan, and he saw Bhagavan's Shaktis. Hmm? Maya Shakti, Bhakti Shakti, and Jiva Shakti. So interestingly, he's a different Shakti. He didn't sell Jiva Shakti imbued in Bhakti Shakti or with inherent love or something. He's a Jiva Shakti affected by Maya Shakti, and he's a Swarup Shakti separately. Like showing, these are different things. So in one sense, what could say, well... <clears throat> Again, and this question has been asked to me like many occasions. And Rasa, you are connected now. I think you asked me this question like 108 times. <laughs> so what does it matter if it's inherent or not? What does it change for me? <laughs> and of course, my reply was and is, if, 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 if you feel it doesn't matter, 
probably doesn't matter for you. It shouldn't matter at this point, but probably if you feel it's important thing to solve, then it matters. There, there are certain questions that won't matter for every devotee at the same stage. And with this I'm not saying you are better or worse. I'm just saying there are certain questions for any given chapter of your devotional journey. And, and you don't have to force yourself into asking the same question your neighbor is asking. <laughs> that may be evasive or an ego thing, competition. Oh, they are inquiring in that direction. It's I suppose I should also, no, you don't necessarily you shouldn't. So for some people, whether bhakti is inherent or not, it's a it's a valid question. It's a necessary question for them to to understand certain statements in Shastra, certain statements that seem to say the contrary. And maybe sometimes the, the main question there is not so much if it's inherent or not, but why it seems to be said differently and how to harmonize that. <laughs> Like, for example, I don't know, or, or to, to go to a neighboring topic, like Srila Prabhupada, as we know, he said sometimes, we came, we fell from Vaikuntha. He said that more than once, <laughs> in his books also, not only in letters and conversations. But also he said, it is a fact that nobody falls from Vaikuntha. He is those terms. So maybe someone may ask, do we fall or do we not? We do not fall from Vaikuntha, but maybe... Another, a deeper question for some of them will be why he said the two things and how to harmonize them. <laughs> I'm not saying to know if we fail or not is not important, but for some it will be more important to, to solve why the charities say two different things and, and all the implications of that. Is it possible for that to happen? Can an acharya contradict himself? Can he be mistaken? Or if not, how to understand that? There is place for outreach technique or circumstantial adjustment. Uh, are we relativizing the sadhu by wondering the things? Are we just to accept everything they say, but how to accommodate those? I mean, a whole parade of questions come. But again, for many devotees, those questions are not to be asked to themselves yet. It may be like, it may swallow their faith, basically. <laughs> In the beginning, they may just need to be a little bit more fanatic, also. Just like, whatever they say, it's perfect, and jai ki jai. And whenever you don't know what to say, you say Kijai a few times louder, and that's okay. It's a change of topic. <laughs> but there's a moment that in your own mind, this is like, no, I need to solve this. I need to harmonize and reconcile. So, in many ways, what I, for example, in, 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 in just in, if you don't know, I'm, I'm trying to write a book on that topic. So, part of the book is, of course, what Shastri is saying there. But then trying to make sense regarding what everyone else says is everyone else is saying about that, which seems to contradict that, and of course, a whole different series of topics come. But as a foundation, we want to to let our practice, to lead our practice on the basis of sambanda and siddhanta. Now, our, the goal of our life is bhava, prem, emotional, devotional experience. But we are to arrive that there on, on the basis of certain sadhana, which is to be performed in certain siddhantic context. It's not just that I do what I, whatever I like with my own ideas and I will reach Nityanavadu. <laughs> no. So I, I need to reach that reality, which again is 
beyond my scope. I mean, we, we, we wouldn't even have imagined about Krishna if Krishna himself would have not extended to ourselves through Parampara, Shastra, Revelation. I mean, it's not that someone one day will will awaken. I came with, I, I made up, and I, I came up with an idea of how God should be ideally. And he has a flute and a peacock feather, and a, nobody will come with that by themselves. I mean, it's, it's not possible that we can engage in this aroha panta, or, or like ascending process. But it's our aroha panta, descending. That descends, and then we can know. So my point is, we want to enter that realm in that descending mood. So we are to open ourselves to how properly understand and conceive that reality which is beyond our grasp. So we want to be as accurate as possible in how we are understanding everything, especially something so important as bhakti. <laughs> I mean, we are supposed to be bhaktas, so we are supposed to know what's bhakti, what's the nature of bhakti, what's our connection with bhakti. So as, as accurate as we can, as accurately as we can, as we, we should try to to investigate and research and have a proper understanding of that. So with that Sambanda, with that Siddhanta in place, we conduct ourselves in terms of Habideya. We engage according to the type of Siddhanta we have received. That's, and that will take us to a particular prayogen or, or result. So, so again, regarding understanding ourselves as humans, in one sense, what's human, of course, what's humans? That's a whole different question. For us, humanity has a lot more to offer to, than what most people think what's humanity about. For many people, just to be human means to be sattvic, but for us, as, as Einstein saying, said once, like you, you, whenever you analyze something, you have to analyze that something along with all that it can be. Now, he spoke, of course, in terms of physics, but that's still applicable in every department of life. You analyze something along with its potential. What that something is now, and what that something can be in all its possibilities. Then you know what's that thing. So what to speak when you <laughs> apply that notion to consciousness. <laughs> because again, to say human, it's, it's not only speaking about the vehicle I think you're asking about, but human consciousness, if you will. Consciousness in that particular vehicle. How does it express itself? And again, Gaudiya Sampradaya, Gaudiya Vedanta has really explored these highest peaks of humanity, if you, if you will, and its potential in terms of, of, of consciousness. As Guru Maharaj likes to, to describe the name of Mahaprabhu's main hagiography, Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita, which could be translated as the nectarian qualities of Sri Chaitanya, basically. Charita Amrita. Charit could be attributes. But also Chaitanya means consciousness. So Chaitanya Charitamrita, Amrita means nectarian or also means immortal. So Chaitanya Charitamrita could be translated as the attributes, this nectarian attributes of consciousness in immortality. And word, in other words, all that you can be as shown by Sri Chaitanya Dev. <laughs> Krishna himself in the form of Mahaprabhu, he's showing us all the 
highest potential that is accompanying human form of life. And again, that has to do with bhakti. And in that sense, it's good that we have a good understanding of bhakti. And then there are also, of course, some theological problems, but by considering that bhakti is inherent in the jiva, I don't want to torture you by going through them. That's an indirect way of selling of telling of selling my book as well. So no problem. <laughs> Just a few months and it's over there. <laughs> but but yeah, some some ideas. But yeah, one way or another, of course, we spoke with Guru Mash about that some while ago. Even those who say bhakti is inherent for whatever reason and those who say it's not inherent, at least, hopefully, and I think we will agree most of, of us in, in that, that whether you think it's not inherent and it fully depends on association and bhakti, some scars you are receiving in your life, or something is already there, but it needs sadhu sangha for activation of the already there, if you will, stuff. In both cases, Sadhu Sangha is a crucial ingredient. In one case, it's a little bit more crucial, if you will. <laughs> but my point is, in, in both cases, I, at least we should emphasize Sadhu Sangha enough. And, and actually, the conclusion is, you can never emphasize Sadhu Sangha enough, in one sense. You know, it's so important in every single stage of our practice. Krishna Bhakti Jan Mamolhoi Sadhu Sangha, Krishna Prem Jan Metenho Punar Mukyanga. Not only Krishna, not only Sadhu Sangha is the root of the birth of bhakti, but even when you attain Krishna Prem, Sadhu Sangha remains Mukya Anga, like a main limb in one's existence in the spiritual world. So again, it means you are, you have attained the goal, and that practice is still the main thing. So that means Sadhu Sangha is not a means. Sadhu Sangha is the goal. Is a means, but it's the goal. As Bhakti is the means and Bhakti is the goal. Sadhana Bhakti, Bhava Bhakti, Prem Bhakti. But one angle of Bhakti is Sadhu Sangha. So a way of, of saying is, as, as we say, the means is Nam Sankirtan, the goal is Prem Sankirtan. So the means is Sadhu Sangha and the goal is Sadhu Sangha in Prem. <laughs> Which is still is, is even more sad, more sadhu than ever. <laughs> so that's a way of putting that. That is it's nice to say. No? What's your goal of your life? What's the goal of life for you, sadhu sangha? <laughs> and it's important because you realize, oh, if that's the goal of my life, but I having already that opportunity now. So the goal of my life is already here. Maybe I'm not there, <laughs> but that's here. <laughs> Because the goal of life, which is to sing, to dance, to chant, to have Sadhu Sangha, all that has already knocked my door a long way mm. time ago. Where I am, I don't know. <laughs> but, but goal of life is already here. Golok Kher, Prema Dhanwar, Inam Sankirtan. All the Golok came down here, knock on my door. All the Prayod, Krishna Prem Prayodhan is, is closer than ever. So the only thing that remains is that we look in the proper direction, basically, as Celestia Maharaj will say, try to change your angle of vision. And, and you are there, basically. You are there because all that it that will be there in the in Golok Vrindavan, in one sense, is already here now. 
we are not there yet. But when you properly look in the proper direction, you will find yourself in Golok Vrindavan because what you will have in Golok Vrindavan, Satsang and Ankirtan, Bhagavad Shravan and so on, which is already here available. <laughs> so it's just a matter of learning to take further advantage of, of that which already came. So, so instead of asking for more, I mean, we should ask for more capacity to honor what is already here, not so much like something else is missing to arrive. No, I mean, the whole retinue is surrounding you. It's just how, how much I am really honoring that. Anyhow. Shamananda. A bit late, but, uh, a bit late? Yeah. Are you sure? <laughs> late of time or late in... <laughs> There's always hope, that just in case. <laughs> or you are speaking about chronological time. It's late in that sense. Yeah, the, the hour is late. Ah, okay, okay. <laughs> uh, I was... Uh, yeah. Hey, we have some minutes. Yeah. If you could... Uh, Elaborate on the word sadhana in the Naparayam. With words, sorry? The word sadhana in the Naparayam verse. Mm. It's really a little late. <laughs> 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 Kishore can elaborate. He has been working on his thesis recently. Revolving around that verse, please tell us something. No, I, <laughs> I, I, I took your please in another way. It's too late now. <laughs> I misunderstood the question. <laughs> some words. You wrote your thesis there. Sure, sure. Some insights about that verse. What Guru said and Sanatan Goswami. Yeah, Sanatan Goswami in his Srihad Bhagavatamrita. Um, well, the verse originally in um, Srimad Bhagavatam is spoken by Krishna to the gopis um, when he feels that he cannot fully reciprocate with the amount of their uh, surrendered devotion um, after he departed, he, he witnessed the extent of their, their loving ecstasy, and so he speaks this verse, um, which overtly seems to say that um, I can't reciprocate with the, the amount of, the extent of your loving surrender, so let your own uh, saintly qualities, sadhana, be uh, take basically take shelter in that um, receive um, whatever I could give that's of a higher quality so um, take shelter in that and so Sanatana Goswami um, offers a, a new translation um, or an expanded translation saying that <laughs> I'm 
going on. Um, something, I'm trying to think, does he say... I have here his purpose. Okay, please. He just... <laughs> It's one paragraph, so as you continue there. It says, In all humility, Sanatan Goswami is commenting to this verse in Brihad in all humility, Krishna sweetly requests the gopis that for their saintly behavior they agree to be repaid by their own saintly qualities, sadhuna. So, one level of meaning, sadhuna, which speaks about the sadhuness or the saintlyhood of the gopis and Krishna's. Invoking, let your own love be your love be its own reward. Or he says, and that's an important point here. When when the when the acharyas, especially the Goswami, Sanatan Goswami is one of them. Jiva Goswami also does it a lot. They use this in Sanskrit. Generally, they say jadvat, which means like or, and they give one meaning, and they say or, and then they say or. No, it means that they are they are like present, pre presenting successively more like acceptable levels of meaning for themselves like they present a level of meaning that is acceptable but then a, a, a meaning that is more charming more acceptable for themselves can or and they can so ideally the last one they present is the, the, the level of meaning that they consider the most appropriate if you will so he here he gives two so the first one we already made no? sadhana means the saintliness of the of the gopis. So let your saintliness repay your saintliness. Let your good conduct repay your good conduct. I cannot basically reciprocate. Or, he says, and now comes the, the one Kishore was referring to, if we take the word sadhana to means by saintly devotee, Krishna suggests that although he himself cannot reciprocate adequately, thank you, Perhaps in the future, some of his devotees will become followers of the gopis and serve them faithfully. Hmm? So that's, the, and of course our Guru Maharaj has taken like the theological implications of this statement by implying that Krishna is kind of predicting his advent as a sadhu. Huh? That's, that devotee that perhaps in the future... <laughs> would be promoting, from, from glorifying the gopis is he himself in the role of a devotee, Bhaktavatar, Sri Chaitanya did. Mm -hmm. And he will he, he will make his main, like, mission, if you will, as a sannyasi to, to spread the glories of Sri Radha and therefore trying to pay, mm -hmm. even though he cannot pay, as he himself said, as we mentioned, he will say, okay, I cannot pay you, but I cannot at the same time just remain doing nothing. You follow. I mean, we also will feel oh, I can't, I can I cannot pay my Gurudev back for the debt I have. I am in with him, but it's not that. Oh, okay, since I cannot pay, I won't do anything in his service because whatever I do, it will never be enough. So I won't do anything. No, that's not how it works. <laughs> On the contrary, the more you feel you cannot pay the debt, the more you will be seen doing more and more to pay the debt even though it may sound paradoxical. No? Because the Deb is of such has such dignity in, inside that you feel compelled to to give your whole life trying to pay the debt, even though you know it, it won't be enough. <laughs> but, 
but but again, it's something so so dignified and so charming that you just cannot resist, and you have to to surrender your whole life trying to trying to pay back. And, and the paradox is, whenever the more you do that, the more the debt increases. But the more the debt increases, that debt, the more increases, the karmic debt decreases more and more. That's the only way you can be free from the karmic debt by increasing your debt with the akarmic department. <laughs> so, so interestingly, Krishna himself, of course, he's beyond all karma, but he's feeling this debt with the gopis. And so, so basically, these are the two meanings of sadhana. And only one level is Krishna recognizing your 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 love is such that I cannot reciprocate. So let your own virtue, virtuous deeds, virtuous conduct, which of course we know it's not just mere material punya or something, but let your own love be the reward. And of course the implication of that is not only Krishna saying, let your love be your reward, but I want that reward as well. I mean, I don't know what's that reward about. It's totally unknown. According to old Kumaras, this verse is the beginning of Gaur Lila. In, in the Bhagavatam, in the Rasa Lila, because that's the moment where after the Gopi Gita, Krishna is hiding behind a Tamil tree, and with certain purposes in mind, he disappeared from the Rasa Lila, as we know. Different purposes is increasing the love of the Gopis for him, showing to the world the dignity of their love and separation, and so on. But when he witnessed how the, the heart of Sri Radha was blossoming in Viraha, a new purpose came at that moment, which is, I have no clue about what she's going through, but I feel totally attracted to taste that. So I want to taste that. That's a new level of, of purpose that came from Krishna himself at that moment. So he's expressing that here. And it mostly comes in the second uh, meaning of the word sadhuna, which according to Sanatana Goswami here is by, by a saintly devotee. And there is one... Uh, there is one other meaning that let me see if I have it with me here. I hope I have. And it, uh, in the Brihad Bhagavatamrita also. Mm, mm, yeah, here it is. Uh, let me read it for you one minute. It's Brihad Bhagavatamrita again, Sanatan Goswami and Brihad Bhagavatamrita. This Narad Muni is speaking to Gopakumar, but it's quite in line. This is just almost at the very end. 2.5 and verses 233 and 234. I think I shared them with you as well. So Narad is saying to Gopakumar, If you ever met Sri Radhika, then you will see Prem in person. And if ever she speaks about Prem, only then can you hear the truth about it, if you are able to understand it. Or... Should there ever be a full incarnation of Krishna, Sri Krishna Chandra to distribute pure Krishna Prem, or if Srimati Radhika appears and attains a realization of that Prem, you might be able to understand it. So that's pretty much speaking about Mahaprabhu. I remember sharing this with Guru Maharaj and asking him, what do you think? For me, this is an another one of those portals. And it's yeah, he said yes. And Sanatana Goswami, he comments on this verse, If Krishna were to appear as a maha-avatar, or like a full incarnation, and distribute prem directed to him, 
which is similar to what was described or similar to Radha's prem, or even better, if Radha were to appear and attain a realization of that prem, which Radha appearing can be said Krishna in the mood of Radha, then you will understand. So again, this, this is pointing to, to Mahaprabhu and to the meaning of sadhana, which is Krishna, as the Bhagavatam says, Krishna Varnam to Krishnam. So his Krishna Varnam, of course, this is a long verse and complex to analyze now, but Bhagavatam is saying, he's Krishna, he's not Krishna. So, of course, Krishna means many things. Krishna means black, for example. So, this verse saying, he's black and, uh, and he's not black. Some of my think, well, maybe <laughs> this verse speaking about Michael Jackson. <laughs> maybe he's the Yuga Avatar for Kali. And many were worshipping him like that. Nobody accepted him. He's black, but he's not black at the same time. <laughs> Krishna Varnam is Krishna. But of course also it means, Varnam means like category. No, like Chatur Varnam Mayashristam. So Varnam, he, he belongs to the category of Krishna, which means he's Krishna. No, he's Krishna Tattva, Vishnu Tattva. But he's not in that category in the sense he's not presenting himself mostly as such, but he's descending in Bhaktabhav, in the moon of a devotee, Sadhuna. So again, the idea of Sadhuna mostly has to do, according to Sanatana Goswami, with Krishna taking this commitment. No? Even though I, I, it won't, I won't be able to pay back, I will descend once in a day of Brahma. I will try my best to make devotees for you and, and therefore try to repay back my my debt of love, basically. No? So so th- that's the most esoteric conception of preaching, if you will. No? I mean, if you take the, the, the most, the deepest conception of preaching to the highest consequence, you are not just expanding administrative units or something like that, but, <laughs> but you are trying to help Krishna repay his debt of love to Sri Radha by making devotees for her, so they can be of assistance in her needy moments, and she's really needy in the Lila. So that's a very intimate way of conceiving something that sometimes becomes too less intimate in the name of preaching, which can be performed in a very confidential with a very confidential orientation. So all the things and, and more, for sure, are, are implied in, in this idea of, of sadhunaha, in this very beautiful verse of the Bhagavatam. So, I think we can stop here today. We are almost in time, so if there are more questions, we will be, well, Gurmash will be doing his Chagostik Swami call Q&A on Sunday, and if not next Thursday, we'll, we'll meet again for questions and answers, and if not tomorrow, our Gurmash continues with his Brahma Vimohan Lila series in the morning, and we will be continue the Benu Gita series tomorrow, we are seeing verse number 2, I think. Okay. Shala Gurudev Ki Jai, Shaman Mahaprabhu Ki Jai, Shri Harinam Sankirtan Ki Jai, Shri Shri Dauji Gopal Ki Jai, Gaur Bhaktavinda Ki Jai, Gaur Pranam Ki Jai, Gaur Pranam Ki Jai,